CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. You got to get over it. You got to get over it. Hey, your Ben Jarofsky show for Thursday, January 19th. Don't get over this show. It's brought to you by SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana the Chicago Federation of Labor, the Chicago Teachers Union, and Chicago Reader, chicagoreader.com. For all things there is to know the city of Chicago, where to go, what to do, what to eat, what to drink, concert listings, they talk about reefer, and so much more, including columns from our very own Ben Jarofsky, Chicago Reader, chicagoreader.com. And if you want to help out this program, you can, chicagoreader.com forward slash Jarofsky. <laughs> and the Ben Jarofsky show starts. What's so funny? Uh, the <laughs> starts now. Uh, uh, sorry. <laughs> it is Thursday, January 19th. And this is the Ben Jarofsky show. And now your host, Chicago Reader columnist Ben Jarofsky. Yeah, hello everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this Junkies in Chicago Thursday. And here's why. Because this place is crawling with political junkies. And I love every single one of you. Even if I don't agree with you on your political views, political junkies. <laughs> I got a thing for political junkies. I'm going to back up a little bit. Let's break away from the news just a bit to talk. tell us a little tale. Wait, what's so that sound like? Ma- what's that sound like when you back it up a little bit? What's that sound like? Oh. Beep, 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 beep. All right, beep, there you go. Remember okay. that truck going in reverse, yeah. okay? As opposed to, yeah, baby. <laughs> Dropping it from first to second as I kick in a gear. You're welcome, listeners. Ah, uh, <laughs> uh, yes, that will be missed. Anyway, uh, where was I? Oh, yes. Uh, so political junkies uh, in Chicago love you all, even if I don't always agree with you. So last night, I was uh, fortunate uh, to moderate a debate, excuse me, not a debate, a forum. There's a difference between a debate and a forum. In the 30th Ward on the northwest side of Chicago, I want to uh, give a shout-out to Anna Zalkowski-Sobar, who was so kind, a uh, community uh, activist in the area, uh, to invite me to be the moderator. A lot of great turnout at northeastern Illinois uh, on the northwest side. I'd say about like 170 or so people. It was a really nice turnout. And four candidates running for alderman. It's a open seat. Area or Broyas, the incumbent is stepping down. Uh, so anyway, uh, after the debate, I was driving home and uh, I was listening to the Paul basketball game on the radio. It was an absolutely great game. And DePaul won. They beat Xavier by one point. Uh, Xavier is one of the top teams in the country, ranked eighth. And, Paul, and DePaul has been having kind of a mediocre season. So I immediately texted a friend of mine, uh, Anthony, shout out Anthony, who is a political junkie of the highest equation uh, and is also a big fan of DePaul. So I wasn't doing politics with him, okay? I was just saying, uh, hey, uh, shout out to DePaul. They beat Xavier. Your beloved DePaul de beat, beat Xavier. I go, I was driving home from this uh, political debate in the 30th Ward and I was listening to it. And what was his immediate response? It was not, oh, yeah, what a great game it was. Oh, yeah, it's unbelievable that DePaul beat the number eight team in the country. Oh, yeah, this could be the start of something new. It was like, oh, how did that debate go? <laughs> oh, my God, dang, you were a political junkie. <laughs> what do you care about the 30th Ward on the Northwest side? You know why? Because political junkies in the city of Chicago care about every ward. Dennis always makes fun of me because I know the name of all the aldermen. Junkies do that. You want to understand how this city works. You want to understand how the Chicago City Council is like a political orchestra with all kinds of different, you know, sections in that orchestra. The horn section, the percussion section. I'm running out of sections because I don't really know anything about music. I'm not a, well, I am. I do love music, but I don't know music the way I know politics. So, you know, uh, to answer your question, Anthony, 
uh, it's an interesting race, the 30th Ward. Uh, Ariel Broyas is, has stepped out. As I said, he was a classic. You know, it just sounds so uh, bad to say rubber stamp Alder, but, but he was a classic uh, mayoral loyalist, you know, very close to Mayor Rahm and uh, Mayor Daley and uh, generally voted whichever way the mayor wanted. Uh, we're in a new day and age in Chicago, in the city. Do it a day and age across the board. Very slowly, we're waking up to this notion of democracy in Chicago, decentralization of power in Chicago. We're going to have an elected school board. We're going to have elected police councils. Uh, the city council has become more and more independent during the Lightfoot years, uh, breaking away. It was even becoming more independent-minded in just terms of sheer numbers willing to vote against Mayor Rahm. In that first budget, if you view the world of the city council in 2011, Mayor Rahm's first year, 50 to nothing on his first budget. They all bowed down to the mayor. They were so afraid he was going to screw them over uh, on the award map that was to follow. They did, They voted to uh, close the mental health clinics. Now you go to almost any aldermanic forum in the city of Chicago, you go to the mayoral forums. And the candidates are saying, we have to reopen the clinics. And yet, it's, when Mayor Lori Lightfoot said the same thing in 2019, then she becomes mayor. This blows my mind, ladies and gentlemen. And somehow or other, she doesn't want to open the clinics anymore. And somehow or other, she has convinced herself, apparently, the way Rob convinced himself, apparently, that you can get more mental health service for people with less mental health service for people. I mean, they have talked themselves they have talked themselves into an unbelievable political stance or unbelievable logical stance and they're convinced of that. So anyway, they're all uh lined up there. Ruth Cruz, Jessica Gutierrez, Juan Pablo Prieto and Warren Williams. Four candidates for uh, aldermen of the 30th ward. All of them say they would believe in opening the mental health clinics and all of them say They'll be more independent-minded uh, than Raboyas. They'll be willing to vote no against the mayor, no matter who the mayor is, if they believe uh, that it's in the best interest of their communities. And in an interesting uh, side note, they say they all will side with Matt Martin, alderman of the 47th Ward, in his push to have aldermen determine who the chairs of all powerful city council committees are as opposed to have the mayor determine that that's a huge shift right now. In part, the mayor keeps all of it in line by promising them chairs of committees or to be vice chairs of committee. The chairs get to have a few staffers control budgets. They get to have the gavel for meetings. You know, a lot of people will give up a lot just to hit that gavel. My distinguished guest, Mark Sims coming on. He loves a gavel. He'll look, if he were, he would do a lot to be the alderman and hammer with the gavel. What's interesting, all of them said, you know, listen, I've long ago learned the McDumkey lesson. And I call it the McDumkey lesson because he was the one who taught it to me, my dear friend and a former colleague. We did the hideout show with Lori Lightfoot in 2019. She told me absolutely everything I wanted to hear. And I said, I'm voting for Lori Lightfoot. She told me everything I wanted to hear. And Mick Dumkey cautioned me. He goes, Ben, just because a politician tells you something doesn't mean they're going to deliver what they tell you. And sure enough, Lori Lightfoot got in the office and broke virtually every promise she made at that hideout meeting. So I learned the Mick Dumkey lesson. I have. You're never too old to learn a lesson. You can't believe everything. A uh campaigning politician tells you uh, you're never too old to learn uh, the facts of life but i thoroughly enjoyed uh the debate last night or the forum i should say i want to thank uh anna zolkowski uh sober uh for inviting me to uh be the um the moderator uh it's and, like your uh, second one this year yes well my first automatic one my second yeah i did the uh, mayoral uh forum which was a lot of fun too shout out to the martwicks uh so yes getting around man so that's also good d to get me out of the house you know what I'm side saying? hustle going here <laughs> that's, cool. Side hustle. that's cool yeah yeah it's a side hustle man you stack this up i'm stacking benjamins you understand i'm stacking benjamins the other day by the way i got a hundred dollar bill long story i had a hundred dollar bill and i showed it to all the guys in the bowling alley big mistake next thing i know they're like hey can i borrow some money anyway. <laughs> 
Hey, ladies and gentlemen, word of advice. If you got a Benjamin, keep it in your wallet. All right. Without further ado, I'm going to bring on the great Mark Sims, uh, podcasting uh, show uh, host uh, and dear friend of the Ben Jarofsky Show. Welcome back, Cotter. Man, it was a time I could see y'all without my damn glasses. Now mm. I got to put my damn glasses on. You're cheaters. See what happens when you get old, man? Oh, you, you know these are from the dollar store. You can tell, right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, from the dollar. You know, hey, what's up, Ben? Uh, you know, your your boy Dennis is rocking the beard. Mr. Sims don't like shaving. Well, why you shave today? I shave every day. You do? And I will shave every day because I, I can't stand the feel much less the sight of that scraggle that appears. And plus, like, shaving is a is like a thing you do. You shave, and your mind wanders. Of course, I think of the bulls. You know, whatever you want, you know, how you're shaving, and it's like a moment of just peace for me. No, no. I, when I retire, be, I want to be like David Letterman. Forget the shaving, oh man. I can't God, stand no. shaving. F and drag, man. What do you think, Dennis, right? I'm with you, dude. It is a drag. It's a drag. Wait, time out. Are you going to let your beard grow as long as Letterman's? Either when one I get, you? When, when I get old, probably, yeah. It's not even 75 years old, right? Uh, I think so. Yeah, so t- TV show was over. He said, I'm rocking the beard, man. Forget yeah. that shaving crap. I, 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 I'm I, with Howard Stern on that one. I watched the Howard Stern interview with David Letterman or David Letterman's interview with Howard Stern, whatever it was, on the David Letterman show, the new show on Netflix. And he goes, David, you, you know, you look really weird, don't Ooh. you? That's, that's what Howard Stern. That's not a bad imitation, honey. David, Ooh. you look. Oh, David, come on. Oh, Robin. <laughs> Robin, I knew a Robin was coming. Uh, so anyway, I want to start. We're going to get into uh, politics a bit. And uh, Mark Sims always has some interesting uh, views on crime uh, and race relations in this country. But I just got to say, I'm going to be a fan here right now. And I, I did this already uh, with a phone call to Mark, which lasted for about what would have been like two shows. I think that conversation went a few questions more is the name of his podcast. No, just a few questions. Oh, just cool. a few questions. Okay, I got the name wrong. Well, no, 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 it's all good. They, they spelled my name wrong in political the other day. Well, that's just a few questions. No, uh, I know. Wait, no, and, no, I, uh, what's, wait, what's wait. the lady? Wait, wait, what's the lady's yeah. name? Chia yeah. Campos? Yeah. No, I, I, she's great. I'm not mad at her at all. No. I just have to pay her more money next time. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe she she'll get the name. Chia Campos with a C. C A P P O S. Yeah, no. I gotta, I gotta get another twenty. I can get my name back in. Dennis is funny. It's not a C. It's a K. Even I know that. Uh, anyway, yes, yeah, she gave you a shout out uh, for your interview with Dick Simpson, the the, the University of Illinois uh, professor uh, and Lori Lightfoot's uh, supporter. But Mark Sims has got this sense of humor that he it's it's a very subversive sense of humor. So when you listen to uh, just a few questions, uh, it comes out. And he brings on his guests and it's a very challenging interview in a way because that subversive streak you got there, Mark, is, is at play. It's like a playful thing that you do and the guests are going, doing their thing and on, on point. And then you'll do like, so for instance, uh, he had Brendan Schiller on, uh, who was a guest on my show. But when I had him on the show, I, I talked at length about his uh, gambling, his new career. As, he's a former uh, uh, defense lawyer, and now he's a professional gambler in Vegas. I was, I'm really obsessed with gambling. Mark had him on. He talked about Brendan's issues with crime. And the opening line, the opening question was, uh, he said, well, how did you put it, Mark? How, it was, how did I'm trying to get this straight in my head? I don't want to screw up your line. Uh you go, he says, we all know uh, the solutions uh, to crime. And then you go, who's the we? And I just, the way you said, who's the we? Reminded me of Tonto and the Lone Ranger. Uh, and then that, was course, a, that was an old song back in the day, the Lone Ranger and Tonto. And he says, what are you talking about, we, white man? What are you yeah, saying about we, white man? That's a, look it up. It got to be on YouTube. The Lone Ranger and Tonto. Yeah. What we do you mean, white we white man? Yeah, what are you talking about, we white man? <laughs> yeah, like uh, this is a hundred years ago, I think. Something like yeah, that. No, man, I know, I know, it's pretty funny. I got to look it up because yeah. I haven't heard it in fifty years, so I got to. Well, it up. they're surrounded by. I, I, I don't forget who's surrounded. It's, it's uh, the Lone Ranger and Tonto are surrounded. Right. I, right. Maybe it's some Indian <laughs> shooting at them. Say, so what Tonto. we gonna, what we gonna do? What, Wait, what we, we gonna do? We, <laughs> do? <laughs> so who's the we? Oh man, yeah, right, yeah. No, uh, Brenda, Brenda Schiller's cool, and I steal all your guests. 
what I try to do on, on my show is just a few questions. Just type it in, Mark Sims, M-A-R-C-S-I-M-S. I get a guest on your show and I say, hey, I know Ben, you know Ben, could you be on my show, please? That's how that's the shtick. That's how it works. And they say, okay, I throw you both. And so what I can't do what you do. So I just try to get one aspect of your show, one question, just a few questions, get it, and just stick to that one little thing. And, you know, because I'm just happy to get the people on the show. And he, Brendan, he's excellent. Then after the show, I said, can I get your mama on the show, please? <laughs> and, then Helen and, his, and, his came on. and his mama came on the show. Yeah. Helen Schiller. What was she, 46 War? What is it? Yes, 46 Ward, Uptown. Yes. Yeah, Uptown. Uh, 46 Ward, all the person back in the day. Yes. Uh, Mark Sims, by the way, f- kind of falls into that category of political junkies. He's, he's not utterly. No, 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 not really. Not like you, man. You drink yeah, oh, this shit. Yeah, no. And 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 the, the guy, Anthony, that I mentioned at the outset, total political junkie. Okay. There's like, I, I mean, I would say in the city of Chicago that I know there's maybe 50 of us, like really intense political junkies. Um, a game recognizes game. Uh, all right. So, Mark, so where does this come from, man? Like this this subversive attitude that's embedded in... No, uh, no, 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 no. I mean, before you talk about my other guests, don't forget to talk about these other guests. Uh, but, you know, we, we talk... We'll about get into Aaron okay. Freeman. Right, no, my... my, my and, and also Dick Simpson, too. Um, my thing is that I got interviewed your daughter and her buddy from... Um, from what the high school they went to back in the day? Whitney, Whitney Young, Whitney, Cody Wilkins. Whitney Young, Whitney Young, Cody Wilkins, right? Mm-hmm. And I talked about it was I, I was terrible on the show, but I asked them about, you know, you're a comedian. There's some pain there. I'm not saying you you don't you don't, you can be you don't, you can be like no pain, no drama, no childhood drama, still be funny. But I think a lot of comedians have some pain and they channel that energy or they were like uh, uh, ridiculed as a child or whatever the shtick was. And they you and it comes out in economy. So a, a, a comedy. I'm not a comedian, which is part of my problem. I'm not a real talk show host. I'm not a political junkie. Junkie. I'm not a lot of things. And so, but I but I try to use humor, and that humor's from a lot of pain. I ain't gonna lie to you, Ben. I got a lot of pain. So, but so, but I like I I, I forgot. Well, you know, I'm like I'm like you. We we we're, we're a few years apart. We watched all the old TV shows back in the day, man. I mean, from Ed Sullivan to Plate Spinners and all the old. Um, Old school, though, the Buddy Hackett's. Oh, oh, I, when I was watching that stuff as a kid, George Gobel, I didn't understand the humor, but I liked the humor. Then you go into the 70s with uh, uh, Sanford and Son, and the list goes on and on. So it's just it's just humor. And I wish I had done a real talk show. I, I tried to work at WVON for a while. Uh, uh, Melody Spam is really good to me. She still still runs the station, but I don't want to. I don't. I want to do. I want to do like Stephen Gary. I want to go to the mic and just start talking. Because if you like someone, you get the jokes. Like you like my show only because you like me. If you don't know who Mark Sims is, you don't get it. You don't. You're not gonna get the jokes. But if you like Ben Jarofsky, you understand the show, then you get the jokes. You know, it's it's comedy one on. I'm not one on one, but you know, it's just human nature stuff. Well, it's uh, uh, I think what you uh, what you do so effectively in your interviews uh, is you you confront in a very polite way, uh, the difference between what somebody says they believe and how they live their life. And uh, you do this particularly on the issue of race and crime. And I've heard you now do this with so many people on this issue, including me on my show. Uh, Whereas, like people who live in relatively low crime areas uh, weighing in on what we should do about crime in high crime areas. Uh, this is one of Mark Sims' favorite riffs, uh, and it's a good one. I think people should listen to it uh, more often. And then uh, and he does this, as I've said on the mic many times, when he's ridiculing me because I'm going for a walk in my neighborhood. He points out he doesn't go for a walk in his neighborhood, to which I hell no. <laughs> it's not because of the crimes. Because you're lazy. Shit. <laughs> no, but you know. No, uh, but no, but you say that, but you were very perceptive because you know me. You know me off the air, and I and it's like Heather Schiller. Heather Schiller's brilliant. She's wonderful. She's seventy five years old. She's fifteen years my senior. She's been around. She understands. And her book. Uh, just look up her book. I forgot the name of it, but the, it's the Heather Schiller book from Uptown. It's a really and that first I told her off the air. Her first part of that book is a made for TV or net net stream. What is a Netflix movie? Yeah. Her first part of that book is real good. I mean, yeah. the book, the whole book is good, but I'm talking about a personal life story. And I, so she was going on and on and on. And I'm just happy to have a Helen Schiller 
or Brendan Schiller or Dick Simpson. I got lucky getting Dick Simpson on. I'm just happy to have them on. I'm a nobody. I got you know a hundred view listeners if I got that. So that I'm so I don't want I don't beat them up. I don't be mean. But I try to I try to not in a slick way. I just want to say like Helen Sherry, she's uh, uptown. Uh, uptown got some issues. We know that. And that, back in the day, back in the day when she was all the person, it had issues. But they always talk about no one talks about crime because they don't live in the fucking hood. I'm going to curse <laughs> this damn show because I'm upset because so I, I mean, she was wonderful. I had to let her talk. You know, she you know, she's a you know, she's a you know, she's a legend. But at the, at the end, I had to just come off the ropes and say, come on, wait, how are we going to stop this damn crime? You know what I'm saying? Because you live on the north. I don't know where she lives now, but see, the crime is only a problem because because white folks in Lincoln Park or Logan Square, whatever, getting their getting ass robbed and carjacked. And now it's a damn problem. But I, I, got, I, I listen to this is my phone. This is a police scanner over here. And I know I'm, I'm sort of mad at Lori Lightfoot because she delayed the speed police, sca- police scanner. But the police, you listen to the police scanner, you scared to come out the damn house. And I, and, and, and I drive a Hyundai. They stealing cars and kids and Hyundai and carjacking old ladies. I mean, every day somebody get, and a lot of the news people don't understand. Every day there's a black person gets killed in this town, almost every day. And most of it doesn't make the news because it's like every day. Who gives a damn? Another Negro got and got killed. So I'm sorry. I, let me, I've gotten discursive here. Wait. I'll stop. <laughs> no, you're on a great rip. I don't know where you're going with it. I ain't going uh, nowhere with it. <laughs> well, I, I, my latest column about politics is that uh, I, I stole this line from a, a book about Hollywood. Nobody knows nothing. The, the, the line was, uh, I think it was a screenwriter wrote a book about, uh, you know. No, I maybe, saw that. I saw that guy. I can't think of his name. Older, yeah, Ju- older Jewish dude. Guy, yeah. He's in the 70s, um, 80s years old. Yeah. I think Gave, Goldman, Gave, Goldman. I think it was the screen. I, don't quote me on this, but I think it was William Goldman who wrote uh, Butch Cassidy, the Sundance Kid. Brilliant screenwriter. And he did a, a, a book about screenwriting. And in that book, he says, like, these movies become hits. And then in the aftermath, people think they knew what they were doing. And in reality, nobody knows nothing. Uh, that was it, the, I think that was the name of the book. Yeah. Uh is that the name of the book? I, I think know. name of the, no one no one knows anything. It's nothing. Uh, no, I don't think that's uh, no, we'll, we'll talk off the show. Off the show. Yeah, the, yeah. Look at the people. No one knows nothing about no, making a movie. The point but is, he's right. He's apply, right. He's yeah, right. you could apply that to yes. politics yes. in Chicago. Right, right now, nobody knows nothing about who's gonna win this, uh, who's gonna emerge to the runoff. Don't don't pretend like you do, folks. You don't know. Uh, and then the second thing is crime. And I, I follow very closely the candidate. I dutifully read the article that Be Easy put out where they chronicle all the differences between the candidates, which really aren't that different in what they're proposing to do regarding crime. Uh, and uh, I listen to what they have to say or what candidates say at automatic forms. And Mark, they don't know what to do. And let's just be honest about it, Mark Sims. People don't know what to do about crime. No one really knows because they have to alter the system. You have the uh, school system, school board, public schools. You have the uh, just us system, like uh, Richard Pryor would say, just us, Negroes, just us. Because only 80 percent of people in the Cook County Jail are black folks. Right. It's ridiculous. Right. So you to really stop crime. You have to alter the systems, alter the eagles ecosystem. And that is. That's like turn around the Titanic before it hits the iceberg or something or whatever, any damn big ass boat. And nobody really wants to do that because you mess with, because you're going to take funds from the criminal justice system, from the police, from the, uh, the how the public schools, the public school number con- jobs and contracts. You got to move some of those resources to early childhood education. I got that from uh, Brandon, Brandon uh, Schiller, early, and not a lot of other people. They say the same thing, early childhood education. And you have to have the mindset, like I told Sh- uh, Helen Schiller. You have a, no child. This you just. I'm serious about this. No child comes out to the pub, comes out of the public schools, and becomes a neighborhood criminal. That's the goal. If you're not saying that, you ain't saying shit. And of course, and if you go back, and, and, and of course, that's why I, I like. I really like telling jokes because the real evil Mark Sims, or when I used to be Mark X back in the day, it all comes out. Because when I go back to to listen to old videos of uh, this, you, you can look at this people at home. Go look up Amos Wilson, Doctor Amos Wilson. Or a Dr. Bobby Wright. Look at them old videos. People like that. Dr. Bobby Wright, Amos Wilson. And they were like throwing flames. They were basically saying, you're in a white supremacist society that does not want black folks to flourish. So if you can have a black mayor, you can have a Eric Adams. You can have the blackest mayor you want. You can have Lori Lightfoot. You know, the top, Lori Lightfoot may lose, but you have the top five black cities, you know, in Houston, and uh, Chicago. They all have black mayors. And then Lori may get bounced out. But the point is that it doesn't matter. You're still promulgating 
or uplifting or holding white supremacy. So to stop crime, you almost have to F with or alter or crush white supremacy. So I don't want to get that deep, but because that's why that's what I like telling jokes, because I hate getting that damn deep. But I have to get deep when the when the streets of uh, the South Side uh, are running with the blood of young people and old people. Old folks stupid, too. Don't get me started about color folks. OK, I'm sorry, Ben. I I, I want to go back to uh, uh, Dick Simpson. And what's that other guy named Aaron Freeman? Aaron, we'll get to Aaron Freeman. <laughs> no, it, and. By the way, since just black people, it, there's a lot of insanity out there across the board. This, the, the every day, the Sun Times has a horrific crime story, and and your larger point, Mark, is is a good one. Like, there's so many shootings and murders in the city of Chicago that most of them get relegated to like a sentence uh, in the in the crime wrap up. But there's a, it seems like I don't know if it's every day, but at least once a week, there's a horrific story uh, that gathered is, is put is featured it's a full story uh in, in, with the details given because it's so horrible and in this one man with mental disability shot seriously hurt while waiting for the bus with father brother and it happened in the back of the yards and uh, uh alderman raymond lopez is quoted in the story and i i appreciate ray low we don't see eye to eye on a lot of things but he i appreciate the stance he's taken against uh people who are shooting in his in his ward He's he's on that front line, if you will. So I always appreciate him for that, even if I don't. He's a little more conservative than me, um, but it's it's utter insanity, uh, uh, Mark. So, like, I don't know how this fits into white supremacy when it's Hispanic people uh, on in a, in a, uh, in the back of the yards. Well, no, um, this, the whole system is white supremacy. I mean, the whole thing is very is very simple. The Europeans came over here and, and took over the land and killed the Indians, brought the slaves. We know the story, right? So how do you maintain that? You maintain it by building systems, education system, whatever, police system, the systems. That's why they was the person can say, well, I'm not racist. Yeah, but the system is racist. Do you understand that? And, and so and then you got a bigger thing. Like, I don't want to go too deep. You have the uh, you have the threat. I remember the threat of China of uh, Japan. They thought Japan was going to run over the United States back when they were bringing up when the Datsuns got really good. People don't remember what a Datsun is, right? Not the dog, <laughs> the car before it turned Nissan. It was Datsuns back in the day. So they had you that little Japanese cars, little Japanese radios. All of a sudden, the Japanese stock got really good with cars and electronics, and we like, man, they kicking our butt. Now the uh, the, uh, the uh, China's a real threat, and we may have a third war, world war. Because the Europeans got, I got them too far. I'm going too far afield, Ben. But the Europeans got to understand. They they know they understand this stuff. Whether it's Davos, whatever. Are we gonna let these these Chinese run us? Or are we gonna co-run the world? We okay. We'll let them have something. But they ain't gonna tell. They ain't not gonna dictate to us Europeans how to run this world. So this third world more we may see it in the next few years. I don't know. Twenty years it could be five years. It could be two years. This is some real shit. So when you talk about crime, it's all about the systems. And I, that's why that's why I hate that's why I like doing comedy because I don't want to talk about serious subject because it's depressing. Yeah, because you yeah. give you give up hope, man. Uh, all right, I don't want people to give up hope. Uh, I don't, don't want to get too much in the weeds, right? Uh, but uh, I do want to go back to your Aaron Freeman interview. Yeah. And now, folks <laughs> my age remember Aaron Freeman uh, as a stand-up comic. Uh, folks my age remember uh, that he put together. A, very, a brilliant satirical show uh, about called Council Wars, and it was based on Star Wars, but it was all about uh, the uh, battle when the, the white aldermen uh, united as one to fight Harold Washington. And he put that into the Star Wars story. He retold it as a Star Wars, and it was a very popular show. Uh, and then it was because of him that they called it Council Wars. Now, you know what I'm saying? Nobody gives him credit anymore. You know, they just talk the old days of council wars. It was scary. We don't want to go back there. Uh, and so uh, he's moved on to other things, not doing stand-up comic anymore, uh, stand-up comedy anymore. Uh, you uh, convinced him to come on your show and you, and you got off uh, at the end on a whole uh, back and forth about the, the use of the N word. And what that words was, you talk, what words are you talking about? Ben? Yeah, I knew you were going to do that. The <laughs> The N word. Uh, the N word. Yeah. Uh, and are you going to say it, Ben? Come on, you could do it. Say the N word, Ben. You can say it. Uh, okay. All right. I will say it. Get out. Go ready? Ahead. I'm you ready. Said, you said say the N word. The N word. 
Uh, and uh, got you, Mark Sims. <laughs> uh, Mark, oh. I, was, I was born at night, but it wasn't last night. Um, so anyway, it was like, because you were playing a different role with him than you're playing now. You were saying uh, that you're tired of hearing it. And he was saying we sh everybody should say it. And then he had this funny riff. That man is funny. I don't care if he says he's not in a comedy anymore. He's talking about how he's in the pool uh, at the Y in Highland Park. And this is only a Mark Sim show where you get a guest to say this. Uh, and he's surrounded by uh, older Jewish women. And he's, <laughs> he's trying to get them to say it. Uh, it was a very funny riff. Now, uh, uh, people, people should listen to shows, type in Aaron Freeman. Just a few questions, it'll pop up. Yeah. It'll pop up. No, but the thing about it, I saw him on Facebook and he's, uh, he, I shouldn't say Facebook, social media, the social media. And he's always exercising and, and working out at the club. And I, and I just want, I just want content. I just want people to talk. Just come on the show for 10 minutes, right? So, I, and I got, he did the show. He said, I want to talk about the N word and neuroscience, something like that. The N word and neuroscience. I don't. So I said, cool. I, I and and, be, and I'm talking to you, Ben, now. And I said, OK, I know nothing about neuroscience, but I know a lot about niggas. So let's talk about niggas. <laughs> so he talked about neuroscience and I'm doing a show like, oh, where the hell is this going? I don't know what I don't even know about neuroscience. Then he started talking about the N word. I said, yeah, talk about somebody. No. <laughs> now, should I say niggers? Or niggas, which one, Ben? Uh, your call. Uh, no, but he, but he said he said you know we should we should lose uh you know say the word to lose the sting, and my my uh, argument is I said I understand I used to say the word all the time, and then uh, I think I said on the show the NAACP years ago had a funeral a, band, a real funeral for the N word to bury the N word and I and, and I stopped using it so much I cut really cut it down I've been using it since I've been a kid and I saw the funeral and I said okay let me stop, and but I told him I said. The word still has power. Like I think Randall Kennedy from uh, Harvard wrote a book about it called Nigger. And uh, 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 also Dick Gregory wrote a book. I think it was his uh, life story or something called Nigger. And so, but the thing about it, so you can't, when you say the word, you really have to be careful. Like well, other people say, well, y'all say the word. How come I can't say nigger? <laughs> you know, and I, so it's, but it's like this. I would tell people like, and like I said on the show, I always cringe when I watch a uh, old uh, whatever, uh, what's the guy name who did uh, Django, the, the, the movie director? Quentin Tarantino. Well, he uses the word a lot in the movies. And, and I, so I'm always cringe when I hear it. As I got older, I've cringed when I heard the rapper start saying it all the time. My nigga. And so, because uh, I was getting older, you know what I'm saying? Ooh, that hurts. I don't want to hear that. And and so, uh, but I told him, seriously, I said, the word still has a lot of power and a lot of sting because we've never made peace, peace with the slaves and their descendants. We, ne we never we never gave the uh, the slaves reparations. We don't like to talk about slavery. We don't talk a lot, like to talk about discrimination. Remember after slavery ended? Oh, slavery, let me tell people because most people don't know this, and I wasn't taught this in school. Slavery was what chattel slavery, two hundred and forty six years. Then you had like a hundred years of uh, de jure and de facto discrimination and racism and criminal justicism, crack cocaine. The black folks as a group, not as individuals, not people, the system has gave us hell for 400 years. And so and so you that word still has power until this country makes peace with uh, our, our reparations whatever in turn with with the slavery with the descendants of slavery. I'm one of them. Uh you, you that word you can't really you got to be careful saying that word. And like I got to tell people you can say it but why do you need to say it? Why do you need to say it? And explain it to me. If it's a 20-year-old, well we all niggas and I was like fine. Okay, long don't say it around me. I that's cool, but anybody else, especially over 40 or 50, why do you need to say that word? And it depends on what context. You're saying in a, in a classroom or you're reading some text, some old text or something. It all depends on the context, context of what you're trying to say. And, and, and you can say it on a certain, but don't, you know, it's like, it's like cursing with me, but not at me. You know what I'm saying? Somebody, if you've been, you say, Mark, you my nigga. I was like, Oh, damn, Ben, that's a lot. No, I don't want to be a nigga. I'm sorry. You know, I mean, you know, it's, you got to draw the line somewhere. You know Mark, what, what if I just did that? Open up a phone conversation with you like that? No, if you said it one time, okay, I said, I'll let that slide. He called me. <laughs> All right. He go every day. I said, damn, Ben, now you're going to uh, wig that damn tight. <laughs> no, th th there's a comedian. Oh, what's his name? I just blanked on his name. Lenny Bruce. Uh, 
No, I'll get to Lenny Bruce. Different comedian. This is the comedian that was uh, Dave Chappelle's writing partner on the Dave Chappelle show. He's a very funny guy. I'm just blanking on his name, and I apologize. Not not Charlie Murphy. No, no, no. Charlie Murphy uh, is Eddie Murphy's brother. No, it's a white guy who was one of the... uh, Oh, God, he did... uh, I know Dennis knows this. Um, I'm just blanking on his name and his age, and I can't believe I could see his face right for Very funny man. Anyway, I saw him do a stand-up here in Chicago, and uh, he had a whole bit. Uh, about how uh, he got permission slips from black people uh, allowing him to use the n-word and so uh like if he used it people got a black guy got mad at him he would take out the permission slip and give it to the guy he goes oh muhammad in harlem says you can use it okay you're all right you can i thought it was a very funny i know i'm not doing it no 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 but i I get it that's a that's a good bit that's a good bit bit. yeah it's a good bit Uh, now the lenny bruce bit uh is um Lenny Bruce, of course, legendary. Uh, he was an uh, outspoken, outrageous comedian long before anybody else did it. Uh, and he has a whole bit he does. You can find it on YouTube. Uh, and Aaron Freeman alluded to it because everything Aaron is saying about it is what is based on Lenny Bruce's bit. You know, uh, how everybody should say it all the time and it'll lose its sting. So I think I told you this. Uh, I had the actor who played Lenny Bruce in a one-man show. He came on my show to promote his show. And uh, we talked at length about Lenny Bruce. And he acknowledged that in this current show where he gets on stage and he does Lenny Bruce material uh, and then weaves it into the story of Lenny Bruce's life, uh, he dropped that. He dropped that bit. And he said, you know, I know it sounds uh, contradictory uh, for a show about Lenny Bruce, which was all about embracing free speech and breaking down the walls to have some restraint. But I have to bend to the reality of the world today. The world has changed since Lenny Bruce uh, was on stage, and there's certain realities that we have to bend to. And I don't think uh, it's violating the spirit of Lenny Bruce. So I just won't do that bit anymore. So that's the reality of the world, Mark. That's where we are right now. Which is yeah. totally understand. The world has changed, you know, like we said before we went on the air. This ain't the same Chicago oh, you came no. to back in the day. Everything has changed. Yeah. Not that everything, you know what I'm saying? A lot of things have fucking changed. You no, know, the basic fundamental system is the same in Chicago. And you talk about systems. And while you were talking, I was nodding my head and throwing my hands in the air. Because this is what I've dedicated so much of my life to doing in terms of journalism. Exposing how the system works. So if you want to know why some neighborhoods are starving for investment, and Mark gave me a hard time about this, ladies and gentlemen, then you just take a look at where they spend the money. And it took them how many years to build a red line extension, Mark? 40. 40 years to do some basic economic development on the south side of Chicago in the area where Mark lives. And we wonder why there's so much crime and hopelessness in an area we won't invest in it. So that's the system that Mark's talking about. Well, Uh, also, and also, I mean... You're right. I can. I, I have another uh, part of that. Well, you know. You know my shtick. But I, I, the thing about the the Dick Simpson interview, I, I like every interview. Every interview has its own little. Because I always tell my guests, when I do the video, do the show, the podcast, I'm watching the monitor. I mean, the uh, sound monitor. I'm watching the clock. So I really can't really get into it. I really appreciate the show when I listen to the playback to see any problems. I really learn something. Dick Simpson was. Re- I, I was lame. I felt like I was tired. I wasn't prepared. I stayed up all night. And he he had to remind me to do the show because I I forgot what time he's supposed to do it. He called me. I mean, he me like, do it. So I want the show. Let's go. But he had a really good sound bite. He said it twice. You should listen. Just type in Dick Simpson. Just a, just a few questions for you political junkies. He had a sound bite, and I may have said it wrong. Say it wrong. But he said he's talking about the old mayor. I remember Mayor Daly as a kid. Old man said to talk to Dick Simpson because I think he was all the person, all the man for it. Seventy one and seventy nine. Seventy one, seventy nine. Right when I was growing up. And Mayor Daly would say, kid, you don't have the votes. Kid, you don't got the votes. I'm like, kid, you, you ain't got the votes, right? And I love that old school politics, although things have changed, but old school is old school. And so he was so good. And I, I thought when you have a professor, he's 80 years old, 81 years old, which I forgot. And so we have a professor on the show, my podcast, anybody, you just say, how you doing, professor? And they just talk, let them roll. Right. And but so he's older. So he gave short answers. And I was I I didn't have any more questions. So I was pulling questions out of my fucking ass. And I didn't ask him about term limits. But I asked him, I said, when you back in this, this is my favorite subject about crime, of course. I said, "Um, 
when you were in the city council back in the seventies, how did the city council, Mayor Daly, how did y'all handle crime back in the day in the city council? And he said, Dick Simpson said, we didn't. See, people got on, that's why I love history. History, uh, in the old nation of Islam, they used to say history is the most rewarding of all research. And that's why I think Lori Lightfoot, she may get bounced out of office uh, almost worse than Jane Byrne got bounced out. Jane Byrne got beat by Harold Washington. Okay, ain't no Harold Washington running right now, right? So she may, she may, she may not. We don't know how that's going to work out. She may get bounced out. And ain't no Harold Washington. You can see how Jane Byrne got bounced out. She was up against Harold Washington. That's a no-brainer, right? We will all lose against Harold Washington. Man, you know what I'm saying? And so, and so uh, that's why history is so important. So uh, Lori Lightfoot hasn't told her story. And I think her people, I don't know about her, only met her once through you. Her people, as a reminder, you got to tell people your story. You got to constantly tell the story. This ain't Chicago. So like I told Dick Simpson, uh, I didn't want to talk about Lori Lightfoot on the podcast, but I did because he gave short answers. So I was like, I had nothing to say. So I came up stuff out of my behind. So I said, okay, I talked about Lori Lightfoot and I gave her an endorsement you know, and I told people why. But under her administration, some things have got done. People may not, they may not think the red line is, is necessary, but it's going to be built. Get, I mean, city council got a pass. I, uh, they talked about a casino for, I don't know, 30 years in this town. It's finally going to get down. You get done. You may not like the casino, may not like where it is, but it's getting done. This ain't the same Chicago it once was. You always have to look forward. You always have to have Chicago. When I was at McDonald's as a kid back in the day, I have a whole saying in a, a McDonald's corporation when I was a kid back in the 70s and 80s. They said, when you're green, you're growing. When you ripe, you rot. So as a city, you always have to be growing. The African-American community is a community in decline which is okay. People move away. When they talk about all the black folks who moving out of Chicago, moved out of Chicago, people that died, what happened to all the white folks that were here 40, 50 years ago? A lot of them have moved away. A lot of them have passed away. That's the way it freaking works. So the city of Chicago, you say, okay, you, we want to get to what? Three, uh, 3 million people, 3.5 million people in town. You got 8 billion people on the planet earth. How do you do that? Like I told Helen Schiller, you, I want to hear automatic, I mean, automatic candy and a mayoral candy talking about I want this town, I love Chicago, this is home. I want this town to be, whether black folks are here or not, it's not my concern right now because I, that ship is sailed. I want the town to be a great place for people who want to move here, visit here, spend their money here, and raise their children here. And let's face it, I don't care who you are, do you want to raise your children on the south side of Chicago where the Negroes live? The black people don't want to live and run and raise their children unless you're really poor. Maybe a few middle class. You don't want to raise your children in the hood with these Negroes. And so I, I want people to talk about that and be and be honest about it. Well, uh, it's really difficult for people to talk about that and really difficult for people to be honest about that. Because when you come face to face with it, you have to come to the reality. You know that uh, the system, as you pointed out, is set up to... Uh, always underfund any neighborhood where black people live. And I could say that because I've been following this thing obsessively for 40 years and chronicling it for all these years and getting teased by Mark Sims for all these years. But it's a reality, Mark. And Chris Kennedy, when he ran for governor, stumbled upon it. Stumble. I don't know what got, it was like, he was Jim Carrey and liar, liar. And he woke up one day and he could no longer lie about what was going on uh, in the world. And he said, the policies of Mayor Rahm are intended to force black people out of Chicago. And I would go a step further and say poor people out of Chicago, but uh, that's the reality. And it's beyond Mayor Rahm. I can't, I would say this, Mark, anybody who lives in a predominantly black ward should not vote for any incumbent because. Uh, mayoral incumbent because the city of Chicago's prime economic development program is geared to take money from communities that supposedly need it and spend it in communities that don't need it. The exact opposite. You wonder why all these people have left the city of Chicago? Well, just take a look at where we spend our money. Take a look at our system. So I'm, I know how it is. That's a part of it. The part, the big problem, because I, like I tell, you know, we talk off the air. Like I was trying to tell Helen Sheila, I tell a lot of people I, about the stuff I try I mean, behind the scenes sometimes, get to talk. 
get to talking off, off camera. Black people are slaves. We are brainwashed uh, race of people. We were Negroes, we were colors. Now we call ourselves African-Americans. Who knows another 30, 40 years from now. So we have this disdain for each other. It was a time we sort of had to deal with each other because we were segregated. We had to live here, there. You read about Mayor Daley building the project projects. Of course, the son Mayor Daley tore him down, the black belt. But when integration, quote unquote integration came, we have options. So we don't have to live with, if you are middle class or whatever, if you're poor, you don't have to live in a crime-ridden part of town. If you want to, you can move to a south suburb. You may move to Frankfort. You, you may move to uh, DuPage County or Kane County. You have options. So th there is a narrative about push pushing people out of Chicago, but also we have options. Then you don't want to, do you want to raise your children among, the, among, no, you don't. Like I was that kid with you Northsiders. I said, y'all talk crazy, but you don't live here. If you live here in the hood, you have a totally under a different under a different fucking worldview, but none of y'all live here, right? I mean, because if you live here, you 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 were shit in your fucking pants. <laughs> I mean, a lot of shit would come out because oh it's that it, because it, it, it's and when I I'm kidding and joking and having fun, but I'm serious. It's that it's that major when you're afraid to walk down the street, you can get your, your bullets going through your house. And part of that mur murder is. Yes, the, the, the foundation is white supremacy. I get it. But the white supremacy has taught us to hate each other. That's why I always tell, I tell Helen Schiller or people like Brandon Schiller, a lot of people, I said, like I said, I wasn't black enough for black people. I wasn't black enough, black enough for white people. But I, I can get a Helen Schiller on for a lot of different reasons. But it'd be hard for me to get a black person that's on par with a Helen Schiller because black folks are so damn funny. They say, Mark is not a sorority brother. He's not a I mean a fraternity brother. He didn't go to a historically black college. He's not part of a church. We we have more all groups have tribalism. Yeah. But we have this tribalism to a, a higher degree than anybody else. That's why you have 80% of the black folks, many of percent of the murders are black in this town and in Cook County, because of our tribalism. And that's something we don't do. That's why I'm so mad. If Lori Lifers gets pushed out of office, kicked out of she might she may even make the damn runoff. But I'm upset because you get like what six black folks running against this black woman. I know she she's she married to uh, oh she married a woman. She don't live on the on the north side or the west side or the south side. When she got a degree, she didn't move to the hood. I don't think she ever moved to the hood. Uh, I know she I, for good reason. I didn't think that. I don't think she sent her daughter to the uh, public school. I understand all that stuff. And I had if I had a choice between, uh, I like Brandon Johnson, but I don't like the teachers union and SEIU. He would be a good mayor. But Willie Wilson and the rest of them, give me a break. The only one, I, I do like uh, uh, J. Maul Green, but he's too young. But I can see, okay, you can give me a Brandon Johnson. He got the union backing, uh, union, some unions backing him. Uh, he's articulate. He's only in his 40s. That's a no-brainer if you're going to be him and Lori. I get it. But not five other black folks. Come on. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Uh, and that's I, part. And, and I tell people, <laughs> I, I, told, I post on Twitter every day on Mark Sims Chicago Twitter. I say, this is why black folks have so many issues. You got one Greek guy, i.e. white with Greek, Paul Vallis, who's been on my show. You got a Chewy, a Mexican. I think he's Mexican-American. One Mexican, not a Latina, but a Latino. No white women, but you got a one black woman and a bunch of black men run against this black woman mayor. That's why Chicago, black Chicago is so fucked up. And that's why we fucked up all over the damn country. And now white supremacy is the reason why we fucked up. The caste is why we fucked up. But we've been fighting each other. Uh, it's like a Professor uh, Skip Gates. I said this before and I post this on uh, Twitter all the time. He said, Professor Skip Gates from, you know, he's a professor at Harvard. Harvard. He said, we've been, fight we've been fighting each other. We've been arguing about who's black and how to be black ever since we got here. And that's our fucking problem. Okay, well, you know, uh, that, that was quite a riff. Uh, and uh, I, I don't know, we'll never understand. I mean, there's so much to pick apart. I will never, we've been arguing about the teachers union uh, for 20 years, at least. I don't never, never understand uh, your... Uh, oh, well, I, like, I, like, I like Karen Lewis. I really do. I, I drove her when I was a limo driver. We had a great hour conversation. Well, she was the teacher. You were against the teachers union when she was running it. Yeah, no, no. I mean, yeah, but when, when the problem is that, my problem with the union is that it's the teachers union. I understand. It's teachers first. They're part of a... And, and Karen, if Karen was here, she would tear me a new asshole. I know that. Because she's much smarter than me. Way smarter than me. But the point is that she understands... Karen Lewis would probably tell us off the air, maybe on the air. 
that she understands that all this is part of all the all these systems are promulgating white supremacy. So if you're part of a teacher's union, you're promulgating white supremacy. And and period. So, but how do you how do you make how do you tweak it without getting your ass thrown in jail, defamed, or killed? How do you do that? You mentioned, uh, I mean, because they, if you're going to be famous, you're going to try to F with the system. They're going to defame you, throw you in prison off some BS charges, or they're going to kill you. These, this is some serious shit. Like well, a no, guy told I mean, me years Go ahead, I'm sorry. No, just, I mean, just Karen Lewis alone. The whole time when Karen Lewis was a threat to the system, that you just, you, the system, uh, she was defamed across the board. And I used to hear it all the time because I was always defending her. And so I would get a, they'd call your girl, your girl, look what your girl did now. And uh, so, yeah, you speak out, you will get hammered. And I just got to come back to the, if Lori Lightfoot does not make the runoff and, and I can't believe I'm even saying this because I just, I cannot believe an incumbent mayor cannot make a runoff. Okay, I'm just wait, not make, wait, wait, wait. She, can't make the, she can't make the run off because you got five. I know people argue. No, I just see that's that. Okay, okay, let's wait, 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 Listen, we had a fight with Sawyer and Evans. That's a different time, a different era. But you know, this being let's let's say this I could have the argument, it was just her and Brandon Johnson, and Brandon Johnson knocked her out and she couldn't get the runoff. I can give you that, but I can't. If you put Willie Wilson. Willie Wilson get like just as many votes. I mean, according to the polls, Willie Wilson get just as many votes as, as Lori Lightfoot and Brandon Johnson. Well, Brandon Johnson may be a hot head, but see, that's what I'm saying. You, I can make the case for Brandon Johnson over Willie Wilson. I'm over Lori Lightfoot, but I can't make none of the other black candidates. They should not be in the fucking race. You do, you understand what I'm saying? It's, it, it's, and it, it divides us. We're just divided and conquered people. We keep it up. Well, that so you're viewing the, it as a lens of somehow or other. It'll be better uh, for the black communities of Chicago to have a black person as mayor. No, 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 wait, wait, wait. Well, no, that, I'm that, saying, that, well, I, well, I no, wait, wait. What I'm saying, I don't, like, I don't like, I don't like the ignorance. I don't like the ignorance. Like I said earlier, Ben, I don't like the, I don't like our, our self hate is our problem. There's one Mexican, right? Not a Latina, but a Latino. One Greek guy, not even, not even Irish. Okay, <laughs> a Greek guy, uh, uh, what's uh, uh, Valis? Valis. And you got five other black folks running against this black woman mayor. Yeah. And you can't, I mean, see, when I say, when I talk about the self-hatred we have, see, I lived it. My argument's never with white supremacy. We understand white supremacy. Well, white supremacy will crush, will fall tomorrow if the people were united. That's why they always try to pit the poor whites against the uh, poor blacks. Yeah. They've been playing that game for hundreds of years and the poor whites fall for it. Unity, well, the power is always in the new power to the people. The unity, now, now I, I got told, I'm sorry, cutting you off. I, I was mean to you, Ben, but I was talking to Dick Simpson on the show. Listen to it, Dick Simpson, just a few questions. I said, Dick Simpson, I was thinking about the teachers union and the socialist, socialist agenda, which I'm, I'm, I'm cool with to some degree. But I said, if you tax the rich, I said, Dick Simpson, if you tax the rich too much, wouldn't they leave Chicago, the city of Chicago? You should listen to the show. He gave a great answer. So you can't tax the rich too much because they will leave. If you have too much crime, as long as you keep them Negroes, let me say the word, keep them niggas in their in own neighborhood killing each other, that's cool. But don't let them come up here on the north side or whatever, Logan Square downtown. Then it's a problem. You know, we got to, we got, no one wants to be real because you're going to hurt people's feelings. And that's why I, I'm a, right now I'm unemployed. And I, a guy called me, uh, uh, this is a true story. Guy called me and he said, oh yeah, I'm sorry, I, I got a job. Oh, I forgot. He said, Mark, I wasn't supposed to call you. Because you're on the list, you're on a do not call list for this job. I said, what list? It's the list of niggers. And when that's what the call, I'm just joking. Going, oh going my God, that was a real thing. You had me going. Oh, like, what I'm saying. But I'm the, like, the, the thing is that when you speak out, it could be true. I probably didn't get a couple of jobs because I, you know, I talk like this. And who is this Negro? Because you got to do the party line. So I, I, whether you're Lori Lightfoot or Brandon Johnson, you can't be too much against this system. Otherwise, you're not going to be mayor of the city. Right. You're not going to be president. You're not going to be nothing. The, just the attitude embedded uh, in uh, your exchange with Dick Simpson undercuts any attempt to make any kind of meaningful progress in the city of Chicago. Just that attitude. So I deal with this. No, but all I, the I, have a, I have the attitude off the air when I'm I talking. You know, I'm, I'm just saying th this attitude. 
So we all start this. This is the uh, Michael Girardi debate. Michael Girardi, a good friend of the show, uh, has put this point out there many times. And so government costs money. The things that we want, the streets and the police, the streets paved, garbage collected, schools operating, police cost money. So how are you going to raise the money to pay for the things we all need? And right now we do it by with regressive forms. The property tax in Chicago is extremely progressive. The sales tax in Chicago is extremely progressive. Anytime anybody proposes to go to a more progressive tax so that the wealthier you are, the more you pay relative to everybody else, and the more you have left over because you're wealthy, there is an outcry. You can't do this. They will leave. I've heard this with the uh, uh, attacks on LaSalle Street. They're going to leave. They got news for you guys. They have already left on their own. I remember they used to defend LaSalle Street. Oh, you can't tax them. They employ so many people. They're going to leave. Meanwhile, their entire industry is dedicated to using technological advances to employ fewer people. So I've been hearing this argument all along, uh, uh, Mark. And it's where, why we are where we are. It's why we have the system that we have. A system where the middle class and the working class and the poor pick up a greater share than they can afford of the bill. Now, Michael Girardi tells me that's a losing proposition to talk about dealing with this fundamental equity because uh, so many middle class people identify with wealthy people. And so that lefties should try a different tack. And he may be right in that point. You know what I'm saying? He makes a powerful point. But just to throw it away, just to take it off the table, the whole issue of progressivity and the way we fund government, I think it's just like a, that's to ignore the reality. Do you follow what I'm saying? Of the system. Your word, not mine. The system. And so I just think that's a defeatist. We're already losing. Like no, I, I, you know, you know this. You're, you're, you're older than me. You understand this better than I do. They've been, you know, black folks, what? We're only what? I don't know, 12% of the population. But they've been, I know we were, we were 50% of the population after slavery. I get that, a different time after slavery in the South. But they always think this communism thing or socialism thing is very simple. Socialism, communism means that your tax dollars and go to those undeserving people, poor whites or Negro, worse, the Negroes. And now you have other different people here. I'm, you know, what, what, and they didn't have all these Latinos here in Chicago when I was a kid, okay? And, you know, what, uh, which is cool. I don't have a problem with it. Uh, some, some, and they say Latinos, which is a broad term, but I may sell my house as a 90-year-old man to a nice uh, Guatemalan family here on the South Side. It may happen 30 years from now, which I'm cool with. But when, I, when I'm saying, though, but the whole game is always the, the poor. It's like the uh, progressive tax. And, and I don't think the, uh, the governor really pushed it. What was it called? The, the progressive tax? The fair uh, tax. The fair tax. Terrible. We talked about it forever in the show. But he, 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 yeah. he didn't explain it to people because for whatever reason. If you ask people, what does that mean? Most people couldn't tell you. It goes back to the school system. You come out of school, you don't know shit about fucking, I mean, politics. You don't know nothing. <laughs> That's why right now, if you if you explain it, like I like your show, you explain to people, why do we have a runoff system? Why do we have this? Who who is funding these camp? Well, what, who's funded the campaigns? Like the F, I was talking to somebody the other day, and I was because I I wasn't I don't really know all this stuff too. They had this twenty two districts, police districts. We just want to vote on a district rep or something, right? Most people in Chicago don't even know about this damn. I had to I post a really good article from the Reader newspaper. You're familiar with the Reader newspaper, right? Well, yeah. As a, a really good article about what this whole district thing means, having a person on the on the district board or police board. Of course, what the FOP was backing a lot of people, kick, trying to get people kicked off the uh, the ballot. Yes. So and but most people don't understand any of this. So it's hard to explain to people who just regular folks trying to get through the day, they say, this is too complicated. They be like, I don't give a damn if Lori loses. I don't give a damn. It, it was a time, uh, I don't know if uh, uh, Chewy's going to, Chewy should win uh, because they tired of Lori. Because Lori's, uh, Lori's uh, I met her once, but she's five feet tall. She's married to a woman. So she's probably been on the defensive 
because she's short. She's been an offensive all of her life. And and uh, I get it. I know why she's probably a hard person to deal with. I, I totally understand it. And, and you know, you know, she don't kiss the press's ass. So the press does not like her. They really don't. I saw I, you I, put that out there and I was laughing. No, but it was, do, 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 wait, 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 no, wait, 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 go ahead, go ahead. I mistreated the press too. Nobody, <laughs> I had to push back on that. Mayor Daley told Mick Dumpke he was going to stick a gun up his ass and shoot him. So I read that. I'm like, the, the press has a contentious relationship with the mayor. Now, what has happened since Daley with the press uh, and Lori Lightfoot, I agree with you on this point, uh, is she is dealing with a, a different reality. We talk about how Chicago has changed. From 1990 until about 2010, by and large, the press of Chicago, at least the owners of the press of Chicago, and it filters down to the reporters, were dedicated to the notion that Chicago would be Detroit if Mayor Daley wasn't our mayor. Just think about, you talk about self-hate, just let's, that, you could do a whole show on that one right there. But that was a common refrain. I got it all the time. Criticize Mayor Daley, and they go, you want Chicago to be Detroit. Go move to Detroit, Ben. See how the world looks like if you don't have Mayor Daley which is such a bizarre, uh, misleading extent. The whole thing is, is twisted and weird. We have now moved away from the notion that we need an all-powerful mayor. We've, it took them a while, and it hurts. And still, some people, it, they're really reluctant to go there. Any kind of de uh, democracy in Chicago gets people nervous. Uh-oh, here comes chaos. chaos. Uh-oh, here comes council wars. Uh-oh, white people are going to leave. Uh-oh, crime in the street. Any kind of defiance against the mayor. So Lori Lightfoot deals with that as a reality. Mayor Richard M. Daly, baby Daly, didn't have to deal with that because the, the Tribune and the Sun-Times largely dedicated itself to the notion, boy, are we lucky that Mayor Daly is our mayor. So Lori Lightfoot doesn't have that going for her. But it, reporters aren't mean to Lori, like... Wait, 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 wait. Because no, she doesn't I, kiss her. Nobody kisses a report. Nobody. No, wait, 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 wait. Well, the thing about it, she's. George Santos is. Wait, is, you remember, you no, remember, you remember uh, Jane Byrne better than I do because you're a, bit, a little bit older, right? I was in high school when she became mayor. Yeah. You think they treated Jane Byrne like they did Richard Daly, Jay Daly? The press. Do you think the press were kind to Jane Byrne? They were, Listen, Richard J. Daly got mad at the press too. They asked him yeah. questions and he would say, you can kiss. He said, kiss my, uh, right. uh, he was standing under the mistletoe. You can kiss my beep, you know, uh, and uh, Richard J. Daly did not take, uh, he did not like criticism of any kind. But and Mike Royko, the great Mike Royko was as hard on Richard J. Daly as anybody was to Mayor Byrne. So we, there's always been a tradition of Chicago of a few reporters who really, come hard at the powers that be. We've had that tradition. So I don't think uh, that Jane Byrne suffered any more. Uh, uh, Mike Royko wasn't any harder on Jane Byrne than he was on Richard J. Dale. No, I push back uh, on that one. Yeah, well, I, I, have to respect, I have to respect that, but you would agree. It's harder. We only had one female mayor in this town. One. Yes. I mean, the second one is uh, Lori Lightfoot. We've never had a female president. We do have a female vice president right now because the demographics has changed. Mayor Daly, both Mayor Daly's had a had a huge advantage over over Lori Lightfoot. Guess what the advantage was? They were white men. Period. Yeah. Okay. I, and, I agree with that. and they were dailies. And they and they were dailies. And, yeah. and the brother and the brother almost won. I mean, uh, what's his name? Uh, the other brother. He almost won uh, four years ago. Bill Daly. Bill almost won four years ago because he had the name. But what yeah, I'm saying is almost it, made it to the runoff is what you're saying. Almost I think Lori Lightfoot would have mopped the floor with him in the runoff. He almost made it to the runoff uh, two, uh, four years ago. I believe he came in third. Uh, Lori Lightfoot, Tony Preckwinkle, Bill Bailey. I believe I could but, have the order wrong. But I could be wrong. I don't know what's going to happen. But I would love to see, let's say, whether Lori wins or loses this, this, this first round. Uh, Lori Lightfoot, the mayor Lightfoot. I want to see how many women did not vote, how many women did not vote for her. Um, you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, they, I know women. I, you know women, too. There are women who do not really like to see a woman in charge. You know you know that. I'm not, not all women, but some women, especially older women, they don't like to see a woman in charge. So that that's that that's huge. It really is it's huge. We'll see what happens. Now, color we'll folks... 
We'll see what color folks, because if you're under 40, do you think of politics differently than people like me are over 50? You probably don't give a rat's ass about politics, you 30, 20 and 30. And they make it easy to vote. Remember, we had to vote on Tuesday, only yeah. Tuesday, yeah, no, and, it's, and it snowed. So you you can vote by mail. You have no really real reason no, not no to excuse vote. There's no excuse for not voting. No there's excuse. no excuse. So and so the point is that my, I would I would I would like to play the, the game we should play now is that who would you rather have, Vathis or uh, who's going to win, Vathis? All or right, well, we'll close with that. We have to close because we're over time anyway. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, so every guest does this now. We do the predictions, and it could change week to week. I told you this already. So in your humble opinion, right now, just right now. And you reserve the right to change your mind next week. Uh, who will be in the runoff? We all know there's going to be a runoff. Who will be in the runoff? Two names. Go. It's, right now, it looks like Chewy. But after Chewy, it's going to be tough. Be Vavis, Lori Lightfoot, the mayor, or uh, Brandon Johnson. That's tough. That right. second pick is really going to be tough. I don't all know. Right, give me the name. I can't because it, anything can go down. Something's <laughs> going to something's going to happen to shift the balance. I Something's gonna that. jump off. Something's I, gotta I jump off. Never it, but guess what? If nothing jumps off, I would say Dallas. Okay. If it stays the same, I would say Dallas. And as I always say in the show, Dallas has a road to the runoff. He's the Maggie he, candidate. He has a road. He has, a, he road. has a definite road yeah. to the runoff. There is no doubt in my mind as the MAGA candidate in the race. But only because the black people are splitting it, they may split up their vote. If they if, if, if they may split the vote between Brandon. Uh, 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 what's the, what's the uh, McDonald's man? Willie Wilson. Between Brandon and Willie Wilson, Lori, that vote splits up, and that's what puts Dallas in against Chewy. Wow. Uh, all right, uh, I'm going to put you down as Chewy and Dallas. Uh, uh, that's what I uh, because they're going to split the back, split the black vote. That's why. All right, that, ladies and gentlemen, is Mark Sims. Uh, just a few questions. But I could be wrong. That's why I'm an unemployed. <laughs> podcaster okay uh just the show is not just a few questions more that's just i got i don't know where more came from uh i got more in my mind uh and uh and it's m-a-r-c not m-a-r-k other than that great podcast uh he is the man and he's coming on my podcast ever since i had one uh and i always welcome so i think we didn't even get to the baseball thing we'll get to that later all right we'll get to the baseball thing later it's not going anywhere all right, that's the great Mark Sims. Thank you very much. also want to thank the man, the myth, the legend, Brian Jarboe, Illinois, without whom this show would be possible. As Mark will tell you, back home and all, they call him Dr. D, and the D stands for the marvelous. Give yourself a raise, take it out of petty cash. Peace and love, everybody. <laughs>